When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. Alyssa Seitz grew up on a dairy farm near Seymour, Wisconsin. Her love of cows led her to the UW-River Falls and then on to UW-Madison to start her master's program. She's been conducting research on feeding beef and dairy cross calves to make animals that aren't just more profitable, but also healthier and, in the end, tastier. For the Midwest Farm Report, this is Carrie Mess. So, Alyssa, tell me in your own words about your time on campus and what your research is all about. Yes, it's a very longitudinal, very interdisciplinary project. We call it the Conception and Consumption Project because it focuses on dairy beef animals, but it focuses on all aspects of dairy beef. So we have genetic data all the way from sire and dam info through when these calves are born, which is where a lot of my research comes in. We look at growth and performance of these animals their entire life. Every day of their life, we have feed intake that we measure. We look at weight. We do some ultrasounding for carcass quality, so similar to what you would see at like a county fair. We do those same measurements, and we're able to map that growth and muscle development all the way through the calf's life. And then on the back end, which is of interest to dairy producers, I believe the most, is the meat quality. So our big overarching goal here is to look at how the diets that we fed when these animals were growing affects the meat quality and try to get meat quality that is similar to a purebred Angus animal. So we're trying to find where these dairy beef animals fit on that spectrum between dairy and beef, which characteristics they take from each parent, and try to get that best product at the end that benefits the producers with the growth and the performance, but also the packers that are working with this meat and also the consumer. We do also do some research on sensory, which is like the taste testing aspect. And so we're really honing in on all parts of that supply chain. So I think everyone can take a little bit from this research back to their area of agriculture. Alyssa, I got the chance to look at some of the data you've got back from your harvesting of these animals. And there's some interesting and maybe unexpected numbers. Of course, your research isn't done yet, but what are you seeing? We're about 75% of the way done with these animals. I have There's 100 animals total on this project and about 75 of them I've gone through slaughter and we have that meat quality data on. And then the other 24 will be here pretty soon. But what we're seeing on the preliminary side is that difference in feed efficiency. So we calculate our feed efficiency based on pounds of feed consumed to pounds of weight gain. And we want to see if they can gain that weight while eating less feed. And while the animals grew almost the exact same as calves, they gained about the same amount of weight. One milk replacer that they were on saw much more efficient gains than the other one. And so how this study is designed up is that it's what we call a two-by-two. So there's two factors that play into the diets when the calves are on milk, and then there's two finishing diets. And so between the two milk replacers, we're definitely seeing some differences. And then as we get older and we have those on finishing diets, we're also starting to see some of those same numbers come through. And between the four combinations of diets that they could possibly be on, Uh, Once we get all the way to like feed efficiency that we focus on later in life and also that meat quality, there's three diets that are really sticking with each other um, and having similar numbers. And then there's one that just seems to fall a little bit below. And that's one that's a little bit lower protein of a milk replacer than the other diet. And then it's what we call our early finish. And so one of our factors, like I said, was the finishing diet. And while these animals are all nutritionally on the same finishing diet, 
some of them started earlier in life versus later. And we're hoping that, or the thought behind this process was that if we start earlier, these animals will grow faster and finish earlier. And so it's kind of interesting that that was the diet that saw the least growth was the one that we started early versus some of the later diets. I'm really excited for what comes online once we compare all these animals and get some statistics running and analyze the data a little bit more, what comes out. But I think that's one big interesting thing from my perspective on like the feeding outside. And then for all the meat packers and processors, one other thing that I think is really interesting is we saw ribeyes that were about 15 square inches, give or take. Um, We're seeing quality grades that are averaging about high choice, which is like phenomenal. We have had a couple primes in here too. And then they're also slaughtering at a young age. And so we're averaging about 380 days, which is a little over a year old that these animals are finishing out. So they're growing quick, they're growing um, quality, and they're doing it without a lot of other health implications because we track things like liver abscesses and bloat and things like that to make sure that we can push these animals without seeing those detriments to welfare or health. And we're not really seeing that in these first few animals. So I'm excited to see once those numbers come back, what else we see. So just like taking care of a dairy heifer, it all starts back at that first diet. Yeah. I think that's one thing that um, coming from a dairy background and coming into this project that's a little more beef and meat focused is that um, we kind of tend to focus a lot on that finishing diet, that finishing diet, like how much corn are these animals eating. We have to remember that there's also an effect on that first milk. And so I think this will be a little bit of an eye-opener for dairy producers to treat their beef calves in the hutch and feed them similar to their dairy heifers um, versus not paying as much attention to the milk and paying more attention to that finishing ration. So everything they eat definitely comes out in the meat, and it's worth paying attention to in the end. Tell me, what are your next steps on this project? You have, you know, 20-something more animals to harvest, and then what happens? So after that happens, we're looking into our sensory portion. And so it'll be open to the public. So if you're in the Madison area this summer, we would love to have you come out. We're doing what's called a consumer panel, which means that we need consumers. So anybody over the age of 18 qualifies for this. And we need about 120 people that we'll bring in and we'll have them taste test all these different diets. And then we'll taste test them versus a purebred Angus and a purebred Holstein to see if people can tell the difference between those meat qualities. And then the secondary part that we'll also have people look at when they visit the building and do this testing is the visual appearance of the animal. And so we want to make sure that these steaks, as they sit on a grocery store, are comparable to like their certified Angus beef counterparts. Do do they have the same color? Do they have the same shape? Can you see them marbling like you would see with an Angus? And in the end, if you saw this sitting on a grocery store shelf, would you buy it as often or for the same price as you would with a purebred Angus. And so trying to get that market share out, um, with the dairy beef as we would with a certified Angus beef product and really create something that consumers are going to enjoy eating. So that's our next big project here. And we'll be broadcasting that on all our social media. And so if anyone's interested, feel free to reach out to the Meat Animal Biologics Discovery Program here at UW and we can get you hooked up with that. I'll make sure to link that in the online article so people can get notified when you're doing your tasting and follow your research. That was Alyssa Seitz, a master's student at UW-Madison. She's studying how different feeding options change the quality and efficiency for beef and dairy cross animals. For the Midwest Farm Report, this is Carrie Mess.